This is the OTP presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Healthcare coverage from Farm Bureau Health Plans is like an extra set of pads when you need them the most. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. With Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith and Andy Garrison. I hope you're happy. You just texted me and we're taping your OTP right now. Well, look at that. Andy and I go to church together. He's like, where's the OTP? He's Sorry. Like, okay, we're on it. <laughs> I like it. I like people who expected it at a certain time and are ready for it. Well, I appreciate well, that. Well, you were out of town. So I was we out of town. We, couldn't, we, we couldn't do it until today. So, Andy, you are getting your OTP, and we're we're glad you're back. Yes, it's good to be back, um, refreshed, rejuvenated, and I'm ready to talk some Titans, but I missed a lot. You really didn't. I mean, when you talk about the league, Aaron Rodgers is still a Packer. He is. He's still a Packer, All and right. we think he's still engaged. Who knows? Who knows? You never know. Uh, The Deshaun Watson situation in Houston seems to still be up in the air, although there have been reports about settlement between Watson and the women who have charged that he behaved inappropriately. So we'll see where that goes right now. So nothing new in Green Bay, nothing new in Houston. The Tim Tebow thing finally did happen in Jacksonville. He signed a contract and is playing tight end slash H-back for the Jaguars in their off-season program, wearing number 85. You know, Mike, that is something that I caught a little whiff of on my uh, my trip away, and I'm wondering your thoughts on it. I've kind of been waiting to ask you about it until we were here. What do you think? This is what he should have played all along. Yeah? I thought he was a tight end H-back. There, you know, there have been several guys who do it. When I was a kid, Kentucky had a great quarterback named Derek Ramsey who led them to a 10-1 and season – and when he got in the NFL, they made him a tight end. I mean, it happens. There, there's not everybody gets to play quarterback. It's kind of like it's kind of like when you go from little league to you know middle school to high school. Not everybody gets to play quarterback. Tim Tebow just wasn't a good enough passer. Yeah, his windup was too deep. He he couldn't make every single throw. But he was a heck of an athlete and and had a lot of good players with him at Florida. And he's a winner and. He's a tough guy. I, I think had he started out in this role in the league, I think he would still be in the league playing this position. Do you think that the time away is going to make things tricky for him? It is because he hasn't been hit. And your body gets used to the contact. Anybody who's ever played football will tell you that you go out for the first day of spring practice or summer practice, whatever. For the first couple of days, you are so sore. I mean, you are so sore from getting hit. And then your body kind of gets used to it. He hasn't been hit in eight years. Yeah. And he has not been hit as much as he's going to be hit playing this position. He's never blocked anybody. Quarterbacks don't get hit in practice. I think if anybody can do it, though, it's probably Tebow. He has been a professional athlete playing baseball, so he has stayed in shape. And I don't buy the whole thing that this is being done as some sort of trick or some sort of gag or a promotional type. I think they're serious about him because I think Urban Meyer is smart enough to know that the NFL is all about wins and losses. A lot of nice people in the NFL get fired. Yeah. And if you don't win, you get fired. So – Bottom line is, if Tim Tebow can help him win, then 
that's a good thing. They don't need the hype right now. They've got Trevor Lawrence. They've got Urban Meyer back in Florida. They've had all these draft picks. and they, I mean, their season ticket sales are through the roof right now. So this is not being done as a stunt. Yeah. This is being done because Urban Meyer believes that he can help the team. Now, is that smart? I don't know. If it works out. It's genius. It's genius. If it doesn't, it's a bad move. But for all these folks who continue to write that, oh, well, this is just him not letting go of the past, and I don't buy it. Yeah. I think he thinks Tebow can come do this, and Tebow's like, let's give it a shot. How do you not like Tim Tebow? I like Tim Tebow. I always did. I just didn't think he's that good a quarterback. I didn't think he was an NFL quarterback. Right. Which doesn't mean he's not a – I mean, he was a great college player. But there are plenty of guys who are, you know, great college players who aren't great pro players, and that's okay. That doesn't make you a bad person. I think it's going to be an intriguing experiment. I agree. I think it's going to be an interesting storyline to watch as we go through the off season, as he – you know, continues to get into football shape, which is different from baseball shape, which is what he was previously Mm -hmm. in. So how does his body change? How does he adjust his routine? And then getting into training camp. Training camp is going to be the big If he makes it there. I mean, they they may cut him before that. They gave him no bonus. He's getting the veteran minimum of 920 with no signing bonus, no guaranteed money. I mean, he's just one of 89 or 90 trying to make the roster. It's a tryout. It's a tryout. Yeah. And and they may get into it two weeks and say that it's not worth it. But the NFL, again, it's about winning and losing. It's why Michael Vick got another chance. It's why Alden Smith has gotten 16 chances and came back and played last year after five years. If somebody can help you win, I mean, they're not going to take just anybody. And, and it's not everything goes out the window for winning. But they're going to go further taking chances, trying to find any edge that they possibly can. And having that experience with the head coach really makes an impact because he trusts him. Mm -hmm. He does. And that helps. He does. And, you know, and there's some funky things they can do with him if they want to line him up in the Wildcat. But they'll have to get through everything with him making the ball club because they're not going to keep him as one of the 53 just to run trick plays. Right. He's going to have to be able to make the roster. He's going to have to play teams. But I don't begrudge him like some people. There are some people who are just angry about this. And it's like, look, I mean, God bless him. If he if he makes it, wonderful. If he doesn't, he gave it a shot. I, I don't really blame either one of them. He's such a weirdly polarizing figure. Just as a guy who's a nice guy – and I understand that there's a lot of stuff that yeah. is wrapped up in the Tim Tebowing, but people get even when he was in New York. Well, when he was in- but part of it was, and and we experienced this here as we talked about him as a as a quarterback years ago. If you said anything bad about his quarterbacking, then you were against him, right? And it's like no. I'm 100% not against him. I have nothing against him at all. I just don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And I said that at the time, and boy, you'd have thought, whoo, <laughs> whoo, yeah. was not good. You know, people love him. I know. Well, we're going to keep an eye on it because they're in our division. Oh, and, man. Uh, we're, we're aware of Jacksonville. Yeah. Again, we like we like him fine, but – I mean, if it doesn't work out, I'm not going to be sad. First preseason game is against Atlanta. Question is, will Julio Jones be there? Ah, Mike Keith, the ultimate question. It's it's everywhere right now. Where will he be, Mike Keith? Well, it's funny. Um, 
I read two good stories about this. Okay. Both done by outstanding writers. The Athletics' Jeff Schultz, who was at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for years, and I've read the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for 35 years, and he, I mean, he's a great writer. The other story done about this is by a current AJC writer, Orlando Ledbetter, who's also outstanding. So what I did to bring you up to speed, because I know you've been away, I put the Jeff Schultz piece and the Orlando Ledbetter piece together to give you some facts. Well, Mike, that's nice. I wish you would have done that for me when I was in college. Well, and I didn't. Read <laughs> I think things. that's called uh, cheating. Nope, that's called having a good friend. Yes. Okay. Jeff Schultz piece lays out the whole argument about why the Falcons might trade Julio Jones. Ledbetter builds his story around the insight of Joel Corey. Are you familiar with Joel Corey? I am not. Okay. Former agent, does stuff for CBS Sports. When you read him or you hear him, he is really insightful. Think Coach Mack on the agent front. Okay, he's Agent Mack. He's Agent Mack, yes. But, I, I mean, his insights are really great. So, here are the basics that I put together from the two stories. The Falcons are less than a million dollars under the salary cap right now. That's just their top 51 players. Remember, that's not, that's not everybody who's going to count. That's just right now. They need roughly $13 million freed up just to sign their draft picks. So they need that money now. They need the money now. They are desperate for salary cap room. They have the major cap issues now, but they also have major cap issues in the future. So the progress that they make on the cap in 2021 hopefully builds to 2022 and beyond for Arthur Smith's team. That's what we're hoping for him. Trading Julio Jones post-June 1st, when they can spread his cap cost over this year and 2022, can give Atlanta some breathing room that they need right now. Talk about Julio Jones, who he is. Sixth pick in 2011, seven-time Pro Bowler, 848 catches, averaged over 15 yards a catch. Most impressively in his career, has averaged 96 yards receiving per game. So he's nearly averaged – 100 yards per game in a 135-game career. Wow. 60 touchdown catches. If he doesn't play another down, Amy, I think there's a pretty good shot that he's a Hall of Famer. Now, the flip side, he turned 32 in February, missed seven games last year. His numbers have fallen off slightly over the last couple of seasons, just a little, and he's due a base salary of $15.3 million in 2021. That's the base. That's the kicker. That's, the, that's what he gets every part of every two weeks. So no bonuses or anything. He has a very tradable contract because all of the bonus stuff is done. So he's got three years left. It's all basically salary, and it's 15-3 this year. Atlanta could redo his contract. They could say, Julio. Play this year for a million and a half salary, and we'll take the 13-8, turn it into a bonus, and then we'll prorate it over the rest of your contract. So they could lower his number dramatically and keep him on the team. But that adds to their 2022 and beyond problems. Right. All right. Plus, I mean, it may just be that they just say it's, it's time to break up. Yeah. You're 32. We're doing something different here. We drafted Kyle Pitts. We've got some other good receivers. We, you know, and, and maybe it's time that even though it's clear you can still play, 
even though he only played nine games last year, it's still, for us, it's time to make a move. And that's a thing that happens often. It does. Yeah. And, and you have to get away from that generally a year early rather than a year late if you're going to be successful. Right. Okay. So the number one issue in all of this is what's the market for Julio Jones? What do the Falcons want? Could they get a one? Right. I don't know. Put that aside for a second. Okay. The real question is how many teams have the available salary cap room to take on Julio Jones' 2021 salary? Just straight up? Well, you've got to have, got to have room. To, if you trade for him, he's got to fit under the right. cap. According to Orlando Ledbetter's article, there are 10 teams that currently have enough room to absorb the contract. They are Cincinnati, Cleveland, Denver, Detroit, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, the Los Angeles Chargers, New England, the New York Jets, and San Francisco. The Jeff Schultz article in The Athletic claims that Baltimore would also be interested in Julio Jones, even though they technically don't have the room right now. And so there was a headline that was pulled out of the Jeff Schultz article that also listed the Titans as one of those teams interested. Now, here's what Jeff Schultz wrote about that. Quote, one league source said the Titans may show interest, but they are close to the cap ceiling, end quote. Okay. Yeah. Several outlets have pulled out. One league source said the Titans would have interest. Yeah. But they've left out the second part. That says they don't have money. Correct. Yeah. Or don't have the money to do, For him. Yes, to yes, do yes. this. The Titans are under the cap. But we all know, according to whichever service you read and what it's based on, doesn't make any difference. Titans are tight against the cap. Right. Unlike the Falcons, the Titans have begun signing their draft class. Right. Five picks signed, including first-rounder Caleb Farley, second-rounder Dylan Radins. The numbers from the signed draft picks are already factored in to the Titans' current top 51 against the cap. So the numbers that are being reported mm – -hmm are pretty up-to-date and accurate yeah, in and that they include those draft and the Yeah, the draft pick. I mean, there are three draft picks that are yet to be signed. Right. But the draft picks that have been signed, including the top two, are already in there. Des Fitzpatrick is another one, I think, that's been reported to be in there as well. Correct. So the Titans are paying as they go. You know, they are in the process right now. But you, you don't know everything they've done. Yeah. But – what we do know is they're top 51. They don't have lots of room, which when you sign Bud Dupree and you sign Danico Autry and you sign Janoris Jenkins and you bring back Jayon Brown and then you have Lawan on a big salary and Byard on a big salary and your quarterback on a big salary and Derrick Henry on a big salary. I mean, this is not surprising. Correct. Okay. Now, here, here's something that, that's really interesting. Factoring the now – is really only part of the Julio Jones trade. It, it is about the future, specifically 2022, because what we know is the cap's going back up next year. Yes. But there are still some losses to be taken. And so the cap, which was roughly 198 last year and is roughly 182 this year, figures to go back to that 198 to 200 level. So you're getting some back, but you're not getting a lot back. You're basically going back. You're going back to 2020. Exactly. Right. And so that's important. Now, 2023 is going to be much better because the new TV deals factor in. But we're going to have one more year of tight. Right. So according to Orlando Ledbetter's article, 
The Indianapolis Colts have the salary cap room to absorb Julio Jones' contract via trade, yet his sources say the Colts are not likely to pursue Jones. Fantastic. Okay. That's great Well, he may be wrong. Source (laughs) may be wrong, but here's why. So I dug a little on this to kind of give you some insight. I like this. This is inside baseball stuff, too. I apologize to the OTP listeners if you don't love the inside baseball stuff, but... This is your favorite thing. Well, you know, I love it. Yes. So, Indianapolis drafted Quentin Nelson at number six overall in 2018, and then they took Darius Leonard in the second round at number 36. Both are cornerstones of the current Colts. Correct. Both are on the side of the building. Both are in their schedule posters, on their tickets. I mean, they are superstars for the Colts right now. As a first-round pick in 2018, Nelson has a fifth-year contract option. Yes. For 2022. The Colts have already picked it up. That option is valued at $13.8 million and will be fully guaranteed. Okay. So they may do a long-term deal with Nelson instead, and that may lower his cap number, but SuperGuard is getting paid. So in the event – this is more a process question. In the event that they get a long-term deal done with him before, I guess, the fifth year occurred, they switch to the new deal. That's it. And that's what Correct. counts. Okay. Correct. Thank so you. So SuperGuard – getting a raise yeah he is okay around for Darius Leonard it's even trickier okay because remember this he was a second round pick no option no fifth year option for a second round pick for next year Mm. he's scheduled to be a free agent this is the big topic in Indianapolis right now by the way I believe that the big topic we don't want to lose him Mm -hmm. but you got to pay him. hey he's been in the league three years this is year four two pro bowls really good even more impressive Two times all pro. Wow. Making Pro Bowls is special. All pro means you're the best at your position regardless of NFC or AFC. It is the ultimate honor. Two times Darius Leonard, all pro in three years. Wow. After this season, he will have played four years in the league. What would you guess that he would have made for his first four years in the National Football League. How much money would you guess that total contract was worth to be this good a player for the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, it would have to be high, right? Second round pick. Yeah. First contract, four years. For the four years, he will have been paid roughly $7.25 million total. That's it? So they, so they. Wait a minute. <laughs> well, that's what getting a guy in the second round who yeah. turns out to be great – That's where the value is. Wow. So, again, let me repeat this. Darius Leonard, going into his fourth year, at the end of this season, from the Colts, he will have made roughly $7.25 million total. Not for one year. Nope. For the whole thing. Wow. So, if the Colts can't work out a contract with Leonard, if they franchise him, $17 million is the estimate. Mm. So, $10 million more for 2022 than what he was paid 2018, 19, 20, and 21. Wow. Okay. He wants a new contract. Yeah. He's watching Fred Warner, the linebacker in San Francisco. Fred Warner wants $20 million a year. Mm-hmm. Reportedly, Leonard wants a base. This is Don't even talk to me unless you're talking about $18 million a year. Wow. So, Quentin Nelson and Darius Leonard are going to cost the Indianapolis Colts $12 million against the cap in 2021. 
Next year, their cap cost will be much higher. Even in the first years of new deals, if they both get long-term contracts and they're able to prorate the bonus, and hey, listen, the number's still going way up. They ain't paying $12 million for those two. Right. That's why Indianapolis may not be in the Julio Jones market. Yeah. Because they know that they've got to go beyond that. Yeah. That even though they have room now, they need to carry some of that in order to be able to sign those guys. So in the signing your dudes theme, I give to you from the Titans, Harold Landry. Yes. He's up. Was a second-round pick. Yes. Rashawn Evans. Yes. Titans did not exercise his fifth-year option, but they they certainly would like to keep him, or, or that's how it seems right now. Nate Davis is entering year three. He was a third-round pick. Had a great 2020 season. Yep. Has been a starter pretty much from day one. Two years away from Jeffrey Simmons, who was the 19th pick, which means his number – was not nearly as high as, say, Quentin Nelson's was at number six. Right. So, I mean, you're going to want to keep Big Jeff. Yeah. And then A.J. Brown. Yikes. What do wide receivers cost? You want to know? It's got to be expensive. It's got to be astronomical. Corey Davis reportedly got $12.5 Three years, $37.5 total. Okay. So, an average of $12.5 On a list that I found today – and this is just one. That made him the 20th highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> 20. Yikes. 20. Oh, I, I wish I could catch things. I know, Golly. right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> if you're sitting here wondering, just because you're under the cap or you're in this position, if you're having to think about it, you've got to think about the future. You've got to know what you have on the horizon. Listen, A.J.'s the first true number one receiver the Titans have had in years. Yes. They're not going to really want to let him get to year four, you wouldn't think. Mm-mm. They're going to want to do something after year three. I mean, they don't have to, but you would you would like to be in that position. Yeah, and for a player who is on the last end of his career, why would you financially want to put yourself in a situation where – you've got to make some cuts to afford the guy who's in the first part of well, his career. Because remember, the Titans have held everything together for now. They have not made – they made some early moves and cut some guys. They signed players. We we don't know about a bunch of restructures, so that maybe is still on the table if John Robinson wants to take that. But the reason that the Titans didn't have to do a complete wipeout this offseason – is because John Robinson has not carried dead money. Right. He has put himself in a position where, until this year, where they are going to carry some dead money. He has not done it. He has the availability to do it this year because he hasn't done it in his first five years. He's been very conscientious, like sort of getting to the point, you know, just a few days ago of signing the draft picks to go ahead and allocate that money. I think they're going to see this team in OTAs. And I think they're going to say, okay, we feel good about this. We feel extra good about this. We don't feel so good about this. We feel extra bad about this. Mm -hmm. And then they will juggle at that point as they see fit. I don't see them moving really fast. Yeah, and I like that. It gives the Tennessee Titans options. You have lots of options. Right. Which is good. 
I think that gives you you're not really tied into one thing, whether it's a big person that you've acquired and now right. you're on the hook to pay them or it's you can really only invest in one position because financially you're not in a great spot. The Tennessee Titans have a lot of flexibility right now. There are places where they can make some moves, and John Robinson always seems to do that. He always seems to give himself ways that he can maneuver and manipulate the roster to continue to improve it. Jack Nicklaus, the greatest golfer of all time, has a saying and and as part of his saying, he says, be prepared, force nothing, be yourself. And I think that's really John Robinson. We know he's prepared, and we know he's himself. But the thing John does so well is he doesn't force anything. Right. He's not going to make any move until he has to. He's going to sit, and he's going to wait, and he's going to say, okay, we don't have to do this, so we're not going to do it. And we're we're going to just wait and see. I you know, can he pull off a trade for whomever that you fill in the blank, fill in the blank for whichever person you're thinking about as you listen to the OTP? The answer is yes. I mean, he he could make that happen. The question becomes: Is that the best thing for the Titans going forward? Right. I think that Titans fans cannot mistake quiet for not working in action yes because those are not the same thing they're not the same thing and John Robinson has proven that he is consistently working he's consistently paying attention he knows what's going on not generating a lot of noise is okay sometimes Mm -hmm. just let it be let it ride guys so just as you hear the rumors about various players just keep some of that in mind Keep some of the math in mind, some of the facts in mind, and some of the future in mind. Mike Keith gave you all the clues. No, notes. no, no. It's I, very helpful. I, no, well, I, I mean, so I found the story because I knew you would ask about Julio Jones. You get back into town, I know the first thing you're going to want to know is what is this thing about Julio Jones? It's true. Derrick Henry said, I'd like to have Julio Jones. Who wouldn't? Well, shoot. I mean, I like all kinds of stuff that I can't really afford. Well, like, but, come on. But, <laughs> I, I mean, this is, again, this is a future more than likely, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Who wouldn't want a future Hall of Famer on So their if team? they're talking about all of – I'm sure the fans of all of these teams that have been mentioned are just going, woo you know, mm-hmm. l- let's do this. Yeah. I say play the long game. That's what I say. Because I don't want to have to be doing crazy things in three years because someone did something rash. Well, I would rather be in the middle of it with a chance that – if Taylor Lewan plays a whole season and Ryan Tannehill has another really good year and A.J. and the King do their thing and the defense improves, I'll take my chances. Yep. I'll take my chances against anybody, anytime, anywhere because the, the things that you have stacked in your favor are good. Now, does Josh Reynolds have to come through? Yes. Mm-hmm. Does Darrington Evans have to give the Titans more? Yes. Does somebody have to step forward at tight end? Of course. These are things that have to happen. But if the if everything falls your way, just like it did for Tampa last year, remember, they're sitting there after 12 games, 7-5. and five, Yep. And they have gotten their butts beaten on multiple occasions. They do not look like a Super Bowl team. But they, they got hot at the right time. They got healthy. 
Here's Kansas City gets to the Super Bowl. Not healthy. Nope. Don't have their offensive line. Well, and and those sorts of things, it's got to fall right. I think if you're John Robinson, you're trying to give Mike Vrabel and his staff the pieces that if you can just get to that point and it falls right, then, you know, I mean, a lot of people would contend the best team in ball in 2019 was Baltimore, and they were out after their first playoff game. Yeah. Oh, what a good time. Well, I know, but the, but the point is that happens. Right, and it happens often. You can't show up and have a bad night like they did in the playoffs. We've done that before. We've shown up and had a bad night, and then, you know, in that situation in Baltimore in the week before in New England, we had good nights. So everybody's so equal the, the most important thing is staying in the game. Yep, yep. And it feels good, to your point, Mike, to say, I'll put my guys up against any of right. these guys. And that hasn't always been the situation for the Tennessee Titans. And so in the last couple of years with John Robinson and Mike Vrabel and Amy and everybody really investing in this team and getting everything flowing in the right direction, I'll put this team up against any of those teams. So you think Andy Garrison liked this talk? I think so. I hope so. Let the experts at Farm Bureau Health Plans coach you through it when you need great health care coverage at a price you can afford. They've been protecting Tennesseans since 1947. You had a chance to interview most of the rookies before you left town? I did. It was a, a good way to kind of kick off my trip. Give me a thought about the whole group. Really fun group of guys. Everybody was very personable. It was early. I felt a little bad. You hate making someone do an interview before 8 or 9 a.m., you know? That's always kind of a stressful thing. Everybody was really great. Seems like a really smart group of guys. Everyone was pretty thoughtful, and they were just fun. They laughed at my jokes. So There you go. That's all I need. But, man, got, finally got a chance to meet Caleb Farley. That was really exciting. We had only talked via Zoom. It was nice to meet in person. He is someone who loves football. Like, guys say it like, oh, yeah, I like ball. Caleb Farley's world is football. Right. And that is so exciting to be around because you know how fired up he is about this opportunity. How much are Titans fans going to like Brady Breeze? Oh, my gosh. The safety out of Oregon. Absolutely. So fun. Really nice guy. And it was just great to be able to talk to him about his life and football pedigree growing up a little bit. And... The fact that he's got a friend on the team already. Elijah Moult. So that's cool. That's a funny little friendship, and that was a fun thing to be able to kind of discuss. All right, so was Des Fitzpatrick your favorite, though? No, I'm not supposed to pick favorites. I know you're not, but. But I did tell him to his face that he was my favorite, so I should probably back it up in real life because, wow, what a thoughtful guy. He really was just fun to talk to. Yeah. And he's excited about this opportunity. He is like a Titans man through and through. I tell you, they're, they're a bunch of good-looking good athletes in the group. Farley's bigger than you think. Breeze is bigger than you think. Fitzpatrick is bigger than you think. Rashad Weaver is, is a bigger dude than, than what you think. They got some really good sides and mm-hmm. some good athleticism. As I listen to the interviews, impressed by how seriously they take this as a job. Absolutely. Um, it's one of the most grown-up groups I've ever heard speak, and they've come from some places where they've clearly been interviewed. They've had the spotlight on them some. They they get it, which is really – I think it's important coming to the NFL. I think it's hard for somebody who's who's never been in the spotlight to kind of handle media and handle 
sort of the, the scrutiny is not the right word, but it's uh, the attention. Yeah, this was the first group where the entire group of people that I was able to speak to took our conversation really seriously. Right. And it doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining and fun and we didn't get to know them a little bit, but they actually really listened and engaged. And it was, I keep saying thoughtful and insightful, but it was. It felt like they were taking me seriously and having a serious conversation, which I really appreciated. And I'm so excited to see that mentality of this group as a whole, where they really are taking this job seriously, translate on the football field as they start to get their feet under them beyond just rookie minicamp. There you go. Well, let's wrap up this edition of the OTP. Amy Wells, it's good that you're back. Ready to watch some ball here coming up pretty soon. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. But, Mike, I appreciate you keeping me in the loop. Well, I go away that was for the a goal. couple days, and I come back, and I'm fully caught up. That was the goal. That was nice uh, of you. Well, that's that's fine, yes. Full service here on I the I still OTP. think if I'd written this stuff for you in college, that'd been some sort of plagiarism and a, an honor offense. No, but, uh, I mean, not if you don't get caught, Mike. Hey, now. <laughs> for Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Thanks for joining us for the OTP. Where the legends go, everybody knows it's our house. Fighting for Tennessee, making history. Greatness is meant to be ours now. Titan blood running through our veins